the most valuable aspect here is what is the most cost intensive element in running a private practice? It's cancellations and no shows. Uh, so if I can have my clinic operational, if I can have two or three of these individuals in my clinic, even if it was for free, I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. So this is something I saw somewhere on social media, and I shared it in Tony's Facebook group. And it was this post from this guy named Christian, who's a copywriter, who probably spends a lot of time as a copywriter in coffee shops. And he's probably sitting there saying, why hasn't anybody tried a subscription model for coffee shops yet? And then they spitball and charge 50 bucks a month for unlimited coffee. Assume that maybe 20% of customers are actually going to come in to get their money's worth. MRR would go crazy. M- month over month revenue? Correct. Yeah. Is that what it is? Month, okay. Month, so, month. <laughs> got it. Okay. So, I looked at this as someone who does not own a brick and mortar business, right? I'm more of a media company than I am anything else. But I know what science looks like in that funny little curve. So my initial dumb animal brain goes, a bunch of people will abuse this. A bunch of people will pay and never use this. And then a bunch of people will fall in the middle, right? I mean, that's what we know about big numbers and big dumb animals like humans. But what are your thoughts on a model like this if we applied it to PT? So I... I want to hear, I mean, I know Tony has posted about this a lot and I think it's probably, and I want him to talk about it more. I know he does a little bit of this already and I think it's easier for brick and mortar and I think it's maybe logistically a little bit more challenging potentially with mobile concierge visits. I want to ask Tony, do you pitch it to your current patients or clients? So whether you're brick and mortar or mobile, he can touch on that. But then also with starting with pricing, I think Tony charges too low. I think he charges like $100 a month. I think it should be like $100 a week. Uh, For unlimited for unlimited, for unlimited. Now, my question to Tony would be, first of all, you can let the audience know, like, first of all, does it even work with mobile or concierge? I don't know if it even does. And you could talk about brick and mortar, but with pricing, do you start high like Tesla? When they first started selling Teslas, they started selling them really expensively, just like Uber. Uber started as like Uber X only, and it was like your own black car or whatever. And then as more people joined, then the price came down. I think Tony started with pricing low, and then maybe he'll go higher over time. For me, on the opposite, I start high, and then if it if there's critical mass, and, and then you can kind of have the cost savings, you spread it evenly across your customer base, then it lowers the price down. Tony, what do you think? I agree. I'm going to say those words are relative words, right? What's high, what's low, what's, how do we judge that? So I started lower than low. I was at $30 a month, unlimited, come in as much as you want. Then I went to $100 a month, unlimited, come in as much as you want. Now, the context for that is, of course, there's a Planet Fitness literally down the street for me at $10 a month, right? So 100 is high relative to Planet Fitness. It's not even a a spec compared to what you're doing. But it's what am I delivering and why am I using a product like that in my clinic? So for me, I still put my physical therapy brain kind of on display here. And I say, well, 
I'm not in the business of monthly memberships. I'm not a fitness club. I don't want a bunch of people. So I was looking at this person, my patient, they carved out two hours a week to come to therapy before they were coming to therapy as skilled intervention, build to insurance. They were just sitting there. They weren't doing any exercise. They weren't doing fitness. They weren't working on improving themselves. So they get referred. I treat them for, say, 10 visits. They benefit from continuation, but it's no longer a covered benefit. I feel like I want to protect those two hours a week that they've invested in this lifestyle change. So it doesn't cost me anything to have them in the clinic, whether you call it physical therapy, wellness, non-covered maintenance, covered maintenance. What do they really need? My patient demographic, outpatient orthopedic, independently living, driving, bathing, feeding, grooming, doing all of these things on their own. They need fitness. They need to move. They need socialization. So from my perspective, when I look at whether it's free, whether it's 30 a month, whether it's 100 a month, I can offer unlimited because nobody is going to do unlimited. I get one out of 50 or 60 that actually do five days a week. Wow. But I can sell the value of unlimited, even though I know the expense is going to be one or two sessions a week. I use that not only to reduce the barriers of entry, to keep them in the system, to maintain my community, but Dave and I have talked about this before. The most valuable aspect here is what is the most cost-intensive element in running a private practice? It's cancellations and no-shows. So if I can have my clinic operational, if I can have two or three of these individuals in my clinic, even if it was for free at any given time in the day, they contribute to the community. They're socializing. They're talking. We're having fun. I love interactions. But most importantly, I get a cancellation or a no-show on a schedule. I can fill it with that individual. And, and today is not a time to talk about reactivations and, and that kind of stuff. But what they do is they completely eliminate the negative impact of cancellations and no-shows because right. I always have a resource. They also give me a way to manage the ebb and flow. You know, if I get a spike in referrals, 10, 12, 15 new referrals that I wasn't expecting, I can't go hire more therapists that quick. But what I can do is I can transition some of my better performing patients onto this program. And that then makes room. I never have a wait list. I can always get a new eval in within 24 hours, if not sooner, because I have this capacity. It's like an extra tank that I can move people into. And then when my census drops, two or three docs go on vacation, I can then access that reserve to turn the spigot back on. So now I have third-party payer reimbursing plans of care available anytime I want them. So that's the real value for me. Yes, right now, current rate is $100. It's sold as you can come as much as you want. It could even include manual therapy. I don't care. I've got a team. The culture of my clinic is We'll do whatever you need, whenever you need it, however you need it. We love what we do, you know, and we're compensated appropriately for it. And the reason or the way I can do that is because I don't have the inefficiencies. I'm not stressed out about where am I going to get my next patients? I'm not stressed out about if John or Jane don't show up, I'm going to lose all this money. It's all taken care of. I solved those problems like 15 years ago. Now we can just do what we love to do and we're not stressed out about it. So how does this work? If I give you 100 bucks a month or whatever I'm doing, do I make an appointment and I get the first available? Am I able to walk in? What does this look like? So we have kind of two options. Nobody is able to do it unless you've been a physical therapy patient. 
So you've already had an evaluation. You've had some sort of plan of care. Now, what's interesting about this is we know with the move away from traditional Medicare to Medicare Advantage, with the move toward high copay, high deductible plans, there's a lot more expense in coming to therapy. I just evaluated an individual, a younger guy, non-Medicare. He has a private business. He's kind of struggling a little bit financially. So I said, look, you know, you have an insurance plan. We're going to do an evaluation that's going to go toward your deductible. You're going to be responsible for the full allowed amount. But you don't need one-on-one therapy. You don't need me to sit here and coach you and watch you and train you for every minute of every session. You need me to show you what to do and you need to do it. You can do it in here. You can do it at home. If you want to do it here, it's today's evaluation will go through insurance. Then it's $100 for access to the clinic. I usually call it an access membership. Got it. For the next month, the next four weeks, specifically four weeks. And then you come in as much as you want. You can come in every day. We do want you to schedule, but it's not a session. If you can't come today, no big deal. If you're running your business or kids are sick, no big deal. You're on the schedule. So we do manage capacity to a certain level, but you can come, you can stay, you can do 15 minutes, an hour, whatever you want to do. And we manage it kind of like that. And again, you have to have the culture. I've worked with therapists that don't have the personality to be able to allow something like that to happen. Me, my current team, Jeremy, Jenna, Maureen, we're fine with it. Like anyone can come anytime. It's more of a pub atmosphere than it is a hard regimented clinic, you know? And so either they do something like that or it's your typical geriatric Medicare beneficiary. They finish covered services. They want to keep coming. They can't afford one-on-one. They don't need one-on-one. So it's a hundred dollars a month. You still get on the schedule, but you're not compelled to come and, you know, come in as much as you want. We're here. It's a party. We've got 2000 square feet. I'm never going to fill it. So there's always room for somebody else. If you had a hundred patients do this, and I want to hear from Dave, if you had a hundred patients doing this at a hundred dollars a month, what percentage of them were not coming? What percentage of them were coming once a week? What percentage of them? You said there was one person coming five days a week, but like ballpark for me. Uh, So for me, I typically find that probably, I mean, out of a hundred people, realistically, two would come five days a week and they're coming for the socialization. You know, it's that guy at the YMCA that just wants to come and hang out. I do find that if I have somebody that's hanging out a little too much, if I increase the intensity of the program, guess what? They don't come as much. You know, <laughs> Like, hey, we're going to hit the treadmill hard today. We're going to lift heavy today. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've got a hair appointment. I can't come. But realistically, it's like one to two percent would come five days a week. The you know center of the bell curve is going to come two days a week. They're going to be there for 30 minutes. They're going to be super appreciative. They're going to love it. They're going to thank me for $100 a month because they know how much it would be otherwise. And then probably like five to 10% are going to do it. They're going to pay for a month. They'll do the first month. They'll drop off during the second month and that's it. You know, so it's not a planet fitness model where I want them to pay and never come. I actually want them to come. I want them to be there because if they're not there and I get a cancellation, I can't fill that spot. Right. So I want those human bodies in the clinic. It's advantageous to my business for them to be there, which is also advantageous to them. Now, so Jimmy had asked you about like manual therapy and what's involved. And so what about like managing expectations? And have you had previous patients in this monthly access membership 
where you're doing some manual therapy and they're like, oh, that's it. Or can I get some more hands on? And, you know, some people, they want to just stay on the table and they want passive stuff all day long. Have you like how do you for anyone else, practice owners like potentially going to implement this? How do you communicate that? How do you manage your expectations? Because someone might think, oh, $100 a month and like, yeah, I'll just get on the table and you're going to, you know, mobilize every joint and, you know, soft tissue or cupping or mobs or manips or whatever. And like, you know, then you say, all right, let's go on the floor. Let's do X, Y, Z exercise. And then they're like, oh, can I get some more of the hands on on the table again? Have you had someone like that that really because that I think squeezes or puts force on the labor side, which would be you and your therapist that cannot right. be treating or, or taking a break or whatever, but they can't treat another person or whatever, because they're servicing this person who maybe is pushing the boundaries. And then I guess the secondary question would be, would it be good to have almost like a menu of like, here's exactly what you would get. And here's what's included. And here's what's not. And then if you want more, it's, you know, $200 a month or something for, uh, I don't know, 15 or 30 minutes of manual for every time you come in or something right. like that. Yeah, it's the all-you-can-eat buffet that isn't really all-you-can-eat, right. you know? So the idea is, who's the professional? Who is the person in charge here? That's me. That's my staff. That's my team. So if, you know, we're looking at this, if this is manual therapy to treat a condition, it should be a covered benefit, right? We go through the insurance. If you need more than what we typically can deliver, that needs to go through insurance. But if this is just, I'm going to rub your back, I'm going to rub your shoulder. Now, mind you, I do manual therapy, but I am not a manual therapist. And I think there's a distinction there. I see benefit. I see genuine value, but I'm not a certified manual therapist and manual therapy is not my treatment of choice. So if you're really dealing with these issues and you come in once or twice and you got a sore neck, I'm going to rub your neck. I'm going to make it feel better. That's awesome. If it's a third session and your neck's still bugging you, either we're going to do a physical therapy evaluation and plan of care, or we're going to work out. And we're going to get strong and we're going to deal with the root causes of what's going on, which manual therapy is not going to solve. So that's kind of the way, again, our culture, my staff, myself, that's the way we approach it. And I have zero, zero hesitation in saying, no, that's not going to fix the problem. If you have this problem and you want me to rub that part of your body, that's not going to fix the problem. Let's go fix the problem or it's not a problem, you know, and then we genuinely These are the fears that therapists always have. Oh my gosh, how can I let somebody come unlimited amounts of time? Guess what? They don't want to come. They like you. I like you, Dave. I don't want to see you every single day if you're going to make me work out and do these other things, right? I had unlimited access to the CrossFit gym. I went five days a week, but I wasn't staying after the class. I wasn't hanging out to socialize. Like, So I think we're fearful until we get into that space. And then all of a sudden we realize, oh, they're not overutilizing. They're not taking advantage. And if we hit that one random person who just isn't a fit for this kind of program, you're the professional, you're the authority, you're the one that makes the decision. You're not a passive bystander just having to do whatever they want you to do. This is your business. We're fearful of the exceptions, not the rules. We're like, but yeah. what if we, we're like, well, let's plan for the outlier. And I'm like, but you understand that that's going to happen 1% of the time. If you're worried about that, it's the same, you know, when, when we talk about PT, it's like we're arguing over the 7% that are currently receiving PT and we're leaving the 93% on the table saying, well, I'm going to argue, I'm going to argue with the guy across the street. Dave, why would or wouldn't this or why would this be harder if we switch from brick and mortar in person to mobile? Is this a resources? You can only be time and space at once sort of thing? Or or is there a way to make something like this work if you're mobile? 
I think it would just have to be a lot more like a higher premium dollar amount. Right. At least for us, like we compensate our therapists per visit. So if someone, and obviously like the visits now are are a little bit more finite compared to like Tony, it's like a brick and mortar and you can kind of come in and fill up the space and it's like cheers and you're speaking to everyone, you're, you know, hanging out with everyone. But I don't know. It's, I think it's just a little different. So I would say it would have to be for us. It would have to be almost like a painful dollar amount right? Uh, for someone to then schedule or have unlimited. All right. That's in a month. So what if it's not unlimited? Then do you, do you sell packages? Is that like the, like the, the, the thing in the middle instead of, you know, a plan of care, but now it's a, it's a all you can eat, but not all you can eat. It's, it's, it's something a little more than that. I think an owner could do that. And we definitely did packages before and I have as well. But what I I have gotten away from it because we just do per visit. Because what happens is if I sell a package and if I'm doing the phone call or if someone else on my team is doing the phone call for a new patient, if I'm selling a package, let's just say 10 visits or whatever. At the end of that 10 visits, me, someone, the PT that I have, what like someone's got to resell another package or their discharge or whatever, right? So then I have to kind of step back in versus... We have some people that once they're kind of sold and they know the value and the dollar amount and all that, they'll just continue to reschedule with a therapist if they love them, if they continue to see value and benefit and all that. And then the visits could be 15, 20, 30. I mean, however long. And in some cases, we have some people on and off for years, right? So you could do a package. We just currently don't. And we just continue to keep it at a fairly decent premium per visit rate. But yes, you could absolutely offer packages but then again, someone's got to step back in to kind of resell or represent. And then you'd have to kind of teach your therapist how to do the selling of selling the next package uh, like Ron Miller does and, and teaches his therapist how to like sell the next package if they need another package or if they need, let's say, the next month or the next month and, and so on and so forth. All right. Well, to wrap this up, I'm either going to start a coffee shop or I'd like to hear from other people if they think this would work. Are they doing it? I mean, I could. we can't be the first people who've thought about that. I mean, obviously, this idea is not necessarily new, but I'd love to hear from people who've actually done it, right? So comment, DM, whatever, or if there's a question or something like that, or, or a different type of model. I'd love, I'd love to hear from somebody who's done something like this. Yes, and or but if. I know one of you guys has a heart out at nine o'clock. I got to hit the road because again, Boston is not necessarily close to New York. But what's, uh, what's on your mind? We're going to do this weekly, this idea of this breakfast club PT. What's been on your radar? What's big in your world? Dave, what are you thinking? So Tony and I have a major disagreement about online Ooh. reviews, Google reviews, Yelp reviews. Uh, we can maybe tease that for the next time. Okay. All right. Well, do you want to tease it with like who likes them, who dislikes them? And then we can I'm a huge later. fan of Google reviews, Yelp reviews. And I posted a video that one of the best ways for a therapy practice right now to grow their practice is via Google reviews. And Tony disagreed strongly. He said video, which I also agree with. And we're doing kind of like PT, like, you know, clinician side video right now. But, you know, Tony does also the patient facing video as well, which I know is very, very valuable. But when someone's searching for physical therapy or a restaurant or a barbershop or whatever, they're not necessarily going to go look at short form or long form content on YouTube sometimes. But oftentimes we're looking at Google reviews and Yelp reviews and then they're making a call. All right. That sounds fun because I would like to see where Tony's head is at. We'll do this next Thursday, same time. That sounds great. I'll be ready. All right. Do you guys want to leave a parting shot? Something that's uh, you're going to look forward to in the next week? I want to say, guys, I want you to think about this and leave a comment. Do you think, because I've been seeing all the AI, either AI assisted or AI generated documentation, and I hear all the arguments that it's unethical 
is AI documentation unethical in the profession of physical therapy? What do you guys think? Do you want me to answer? Do you want, is this for the audience? Let's leave it out there. Let's see what the audience says. Yeah. And we can talk about that next week. So we'll talk about reviews versus videos, pros, cons, and then artificial intelligence. It'd be fun to get like an actual ethics expert. We could find someone like who could be like, I love your opinions, but here's what it actually is. But yeah. uh, All right. So for next time, AI ethical. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd be curious. All right, gentlemen, appreciate doing this. I'm just going to share this. I'm not going to do any editing. I'm going to do very Tony Maritato, which is like, listen, what we did is what you get. Thanks for doing this, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com or You can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.